All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Wally and Mathot Show. Now, here are your hosts. Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Welcome to the Wally Mathot Show, everybody. I'm Brent Wallace. He's longtime NHL defenseman Mark Mathot. Over 600 NHL games, some of them played against our guests in today's Whitewater chat. Colby Armstrong, we'll get to him in just a second. But, Meth, uh, lots going on. You were again back on the big moving picture box at the Canadian Tire Center doing some TV work. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. talk to Colby about maybe some tips for you because I, I, maybe you could use a couple, do you think? Probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I won't give you any. I'll just like, actually, I think I left my makeup there. If you could pick it up the next time and bring it back to me, that'd be pretty good. Uh, All right. we got a few things to talk about, but I actually want to get Colby's uh, uh, idea on some of these things and his input on what's going on around the hockey league. So without further ado, I want to welcome in Colby Armstrong, former Pittsburgh Penguin, actually former Atlanta Thrasher as well, Montreal Canadian, Toronto Maple Leaf. Colby, welcome to the show. Wally, Matt, thanks for having me. Congrats on uh, success with your guys' show. It's been awesome. It's great. We are just I, uh, trying I, to keep it on the rails. Yeah, I haven't met Meth just playing against him. Um, you know, it's great to see his uh, the steps he's taken post-career with this, and he has a good guy in, in yourself to, you know, guide him along. So, uh, important, pick up his makeup. That's one of the more important things, <laughs> I think, <laughs> for, <laughs> for TV advice, right? Fair enough. It, it's part, it's job number one. You got to have a little makeup lying around always. Yep. Um, one of the things Colby, I, any, any chance that perhaps you could get 
Sidney Crosby to join us in here. I've been trying <laughs> for months to get him to come on the show, but I've been so far thwarted in my efforts. Yeah. You know what? And uh, I've had, you know what? I've been lucky the last couple months, really. I got to do an interview with him over the computer. Like we're kind of doing right now. And then I went to NHL media day and got to sit down with him and Ovi, which was really cool. But that was the first time in, I think I've been kind of doing this for six years. Um, and that's the first time I've like interviewed him. So, Hey, I'll work on him. I'll work on him. It took me six years to get a sit down with him or do anything kind of fun and cool with him. But uh, now that I broke that ice, I think I can crack him into a few more areas. I would appreciate it. I really liked the first interview. The second one with Ovi, it felt to me like Alex Ovechkin wanted no part of that interview. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, it kind of did, didn't it? Like um, that kind of got thrown on me pretty quick that morning with the opportunity. And you know um, how that can kind of happen. You just show up for media day. You have your stuff that you're going to go through. You kind of have a rough outline of, and the NHL at those things is like 15 minutes. As soon as they walk in the room, man, it's like, here's your time starts as soon as his butt crosses the doorway and you have to get to it right away. So we have a bunch of stuff to run down and then it's like, Hey, we might get Sid Novi like right now. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. I'm like, you know, you kind of like scramble. I'm like, what's going to happen? What's going on? Am I dressed properly? Like, what do I like? What the heck is this? So we kind of got into it and got it like just out of nowhere. And uh, they said that they hadn't sat down together since their first season together, their, their rookie year. So that's, uh, you know, that rivalry and, of course, against Pittsburgh and Washington and, and just those two superpowers banging heads. So um, I, I didn't know what to expect from it. I didn't know, like, truly their real relationship. Uh, it was kind of a cool experience to get that done. But, yeah, I think I thought Ovi would be a little bit more outgoing as we yeah. like he's a guy like if you had to say, like, if there's a guy that you would sit down and have a drink with, maybe I, I would think Ovi would be kind of cool. Like he's pretty outgoing. He's pretty fun. He's flashy a bit. Like you see him on videos, his commercials are cool. Uh, but yeah, he was pretty reserved around Sydney. Uh, after that interview, what don't we see? Did they just get up and walk away? Was there any chatter afterwards? That's a good question. Yeah. Great. Qu yeah, I know. So they left the room and of course, like with protocols, I'm not allowed to like really be near them. Um, for several reasons, uh, but <laughs> mostly COVID, but it's like, uh, um, they were out like in the hallway, like chatting, like normal guys. Yeah. It was like, they were kind of just making their rounds and just, you know, as you would any other time and meth, I don't know if you can relate to this, but when was that lockout, the last lockout 2013. And we had like yeah. meetings in uh, New York and I went to that meeting, I flew down there and I was like, you know, playing world champions and stuff championships and stuff is cool because you get to meet different guys that maybe hate you or you hate them um and then you see like guys are really really great guys like everyone from every team was there and I ended up hanging out with like all these random all these random guys from other teams that you wouldn't normally think that you know you'd get along with but it's funny how hockey works out all the guys are pretty darn good guys yeah same same with my experience with like with Dion we were talking about him here just before we came on and laughing about yeah. him just his overall personality. I hated him. I hated him as a player. <laughs> he was my first NHL fight. Did not like Dion Phaneuf. And then I, I, like you, I met him at the world championships and we hit it off right away. I'm like, wow, we actually have a lot more in common than I thought. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know I what know. that says about me, but, but you're right. Like there, you always get like these impressions of players just from playing against them. And then all of a sudden you meet them off the ice. Turns out they usually are pretty good dudes, right? 
Yeah. And, and you know what? I remember Dion coming back after that year and, and uh, he was talking about you a lot. So it's kind of funny how things work out that way. And you guys being in Ottawa, I mean, if, if people ask me like one player I hate, it was always Chris Neal. I, I can't <laughs> Like, what am I going to do about it, too? He beat the wheels off me. Like, there's nothing yeah, I can do. I avoided guys. him. I poked him, like, as many times as I could, but then, like, avoided him because I'm like, no way. Because yep. he, he's, like, he's crazy. But, yep. like, I played against him in the minors, played against the NHL. Obviously, he had a good career. And, and what did he play? A thousand games, I think, there. And, yep. Um, yep. Tough as nails. But I don't know why. I, just, I hated that guy. And I guess that's what he did, right? Like, that was yep. him. So, I don't know. If I met him, maybe I would get along with him, I, I assume. But, yeah, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that I always hated. But, you know, he, like for a lot of tough guys and I played, well, we both have played with a lot of tough players and with Neeler, which made him, what made him very dangerous is that he's actually incredibly strong. And yeah. that guy, that guy eats punches like no one I've ever seen. Like we, I forget who he fought. He fought a Toronto, a Toronto player. I'm trying to remember the fight. It's like it smiling. He has no teeth. He doesn't care. He but like, like, doesn't but care. like, yeah, in Army, you can hear it like the smack. Yeah. Like every once in a while, someone would catch him with like an overhand right or something. And he would just eat it, maybe smile and continue on like nothing. So those are the kind of guys you want to avoid. So I think you did a good job there. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I'm not, yeah, I, like I'm not an idiot, you know, borderline borderline M, but yeah, uh, I was smarter than that. It's like, I watched a video of Ty, like, I think the NHL or NHL alumni retweeted a thing of Ty Domi dancing on a boat to Drake. And I was like, yeah, at him, like, I saw that. He's, yeah, it's like hilarious. Like dad dancers. Like I love Ty Domi, <laughs> but like, I was like, looking at him. I was like, I, I saw Barnaby tweeted. Like, if you can't beat him in a fight, a challenge him to a dancing contest. No, you have better chances, but he's like, he's small, he's stocky, but like, he's so darn strong. And I think Chris Neal yeah. has a, you know, farm boy strength type of thing. Big time. Uh, Chris Neal was a huge prankster in Ottawa. Are you, were you the guy in Pittsburgh? I seem to think <laughs> no. of you always being in the middle of everything. Yeah, I'm like a more of a peanut gallery guy, like in the back. I, I didn't mind that. Uh, and Pittsburgh's flurry, flurry's the ultimate guy, though. I wasn't a much of a, a real pranker. I didn't have the creativity, really, to think up some of the stuff that these other guys were doing. But um, I loved it. That's one thing I miss is about being around that camaraderie in the room and the guys and, like, the day-to-day stuff of, uh, you know, those kind of guys that would pull those pranks and keep things light and keep things fun and keep things different. So, um, yeah, Wally, not much of a, uh, of a prankster. I love to be around it all, but I, I, I hate, I, I guess I'd let you down with that one. I wasn't much of, uh, maybe I was too lazy. I think I was too lazy to pull off some of this stuff. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I have a, all kinds of notes. I don't know how to get to them all. So I'm going to just try to work my way around them. One is, you played nine playoff games in your NHL career. All yeah. nine of them were against Sense. the Ottawa Senators. So yeah. I want to go back to the first one, which is the 07 year, because that was uh, Sid's first year in the playoffs, and you guys got beat pretty bad. The 4-1, I think the series went. What do you remember about that series, and how did it change the way that Sid approached uh, going into the next year in the postseason? Yeah, I, obviously they – I mean, they had a good team. We played against a lot of our team, played against a lot of their, I guess, young guys. Or, I mean, obviously their NHL guys were NHL stars, but they're young guys that came up through the system and in that lockout year, years prior to that, in, in, uh, in uh, bingo, they're all in bingo in that little rink and Volchankov and all these guys, man, it was, they had a good team for Matt Spezza. Neil was down there. He actually blew my shoulder out too. I had to have surgery. Maybe that's why I hate Neil a little bit more, but uh <laughs> 
yeah, they had a good team. They had a good group and, um, you know, and then on top of it, they had star power and, and in certain players as well and rock steady guys that have been there for years. So um, I just remember they were kind of touted as like a, a deep, solid, really good team, but we were kind of riding high knowing that we made the playoffs for the first time. I just remember standing in Ottawa about to go on the ice for my first playoff game. The crowd was going bananas and they had like this robotic, like, and I just remember it like it continually going. And I remember standing there like Max Talbot, some of the guys in the hallway, like your hair standing up in the back of your neck. Like this is the first time you're playing for the Stanley cup, like, like dreams made, like everything you're in Canada the rink is electric. That sound is like stuck in my brain of like that robotic drumming almost of that like techno sound. But it was like, it was just like an amazing atmosphere. And we got spanked by them. Like we, we, uh, we fought as hard as we could, but they were so big and fast and good and talented and deep. And um, I mean, I remember after that, even though they went on to, you know, go to the final and lose thinking that, uh, you know, we were going to be good the next year. I remember talking to the guys at that time after we lost out to them and going, man, finally made the playoffs. Like, holy smokes, we lost to the team that went to the final. We got our butts kicked, but it was like, we're going to be good next year. Like, we have something to build off of here. So, and mm-hmm. yeah, then next year was was a pretty good year for them. They went to the final and lost in Pittsburgh. I was headed to Atlanta. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to bring that part up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and yeah. there, I, you may not have noticed it, but and I, I guess it's, you're not part of the Pittsburgh team that came back the next year, but the Ottawa Senators put up a huge mural of beating the Penguins that year in the handshake line, and they put it down at Lower Gate 3. So anytime all the players were playing soccer at Lower Gate 3, you guys would see or they would see this yeah. handshake line, and I'm wondering if it made people bitter. Or, you know, <laughs> here's Sid going, you guys want to show the handshake line of beating us? We'll show you because then in the next year they beat them, right? Yeah, yeah, they've had some awesome run-ins with Ottawa in the playoffs here yeah. in Pittsburgh. What was it, Game Seven? Matthew, you were there, right? That was, uh, you know, I didn't want to bring that up, but that was uh, <laughs> that still stings. Yeah, I bet that was, uh, well, that, was a great run. Over. that was a that was a great run for you guys. Chris Kunitz sinks the Ottawa ship uh, in overtime. I, I mean, they some good run-ins. I've only played Ottawa in the playoffs. They've been tough every time, and. Um, you know, you know, regarding that mural, I remember seeing it out there. Yeah, playing soccer, and you kind of look, glance over at it. It, it. I don't know if it fueled guys, or I know Sid's like a big guy with that kind of stuff. I think with yeah. with having you know images around him that remind him to, you know, be motive like motivation type of thing. So, um, like I think he had a picture of Zetterberg with the cup uh, in in his like summer home or like in his gym or something like so he no can stare at it every time. Yeah, I think something like that. So, yeah, something that drives you. I don't know if it kind of uh, – if he noticed that. I'm sure he did. He kind of is a guy that notices everything. But, um, yeah, that was our first taste as a group. I mean, we are young guys. Our first taste of getting our butts kicked in that first round against Ottawa. But come out thinking we got something going pretty good here. And uh, funny to see that mural in Ottawa where we play soccer. If you were to hang a picture behind you for motivation, what would it be? Oh, Wally, great question. There you go, Meth. Take notes on that. Just spinning <laughs> it into like. But it's funny. He's asking you that, and, and right away, I'm, I'm immediately trying to think of something as well, and I can't even think of a, a yeah. picture off the top of my head. 
Um, and maybe anything to do with the uh, with training. I wasn't like super like in the enthused about working out as I've you know put on a nice <laughs> COVID COVID uh, heavy suit over this time. But uh, now I'm trying to lose it. But I don't know, maybe something like that that would just push me over the edge to like you know be a little bit more dedicated to you know properly eating or health or whatever <laughs> while I was playing. I'd probably do something like that. Uh, take me back to the outdoor winter classic. I actually covered this, mm -hmm. uh, the very first one ever in Buffalo. Was it called Ralph Wilson Stadium at the time? Yeah. Uh, I just remember it being super cold, the ice being terrible, and you own NHL history. You want to take us through that? Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? That's the only thing I have that I like hold over anybody, and I watch a lot of the outdoor <laughs> games. Scoring, I, I don't know. I don't exactly know the time, like 19 or 21 seconds, like somewhere around there, scoring, but. I remember it was like going to the game, like being in Buffalo, you watch the ball drop in downtown Buffalo, which is hilarious. <laughs> it's not New York city, but we watched it out the window that night. And then of course play the uh, new year's day game and uh, driving in. It was like, people were tailgating. It was, it was, it was insanity. It was like a football game, but we were going to this hockey game. So it was tough to kind of wrap your head around that. It was like a real game. Like this actually counts in the standings. Like what the hell yeah. is going on here? And it was like more of an event than anything. So, you know, to take that all in and try to, you know, prepare yourself to that it's going to be a game. And then, of course, as you mentioned, it's, it's like I think it's the coolest one because just the atmosphere, like it was snowing in typical Buffalo fashion, like massive, big, like um, snowflakes, uh, like a snow globe game, they call yeah. it. I think that's what I've heard it referred to. So it had like the perfect pic picturesque outdoor game feel. Um and then we had all the delays. Like, I don't know how long that game took, Wally. Maybe you remember, but it was like, I felt like, you know, a game's over in like three hours, let's say. And like, this thing seemed like it was like a six-hour event. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, we were there forever. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just incredible. Like, looking out and, like, playing in front of that many people outdoors. Like, when does that happen? If you're thinking at the time, now it happens, what, six times a year with these outdoor days? Yeah, no kidding. So it's, yeah, but it was, uh, it was incredible. Yeah, so I hold that the first well i guess it's technically the winter classical I, I i try to like branch out into the other like the stadium <laughs> series and everything just to kind of bulldog my way into that but the fastest goal outdoors yeah i, I use that a lot i still tweet like sometimes like still got it once like 20 seconds <laughs> of course cool. like nobody really cares everyone's like what are you talking about and it's the first you're the it's the first goal so that too and fastest right? wally just so remember that uh if i'm not mistaken Sidney crosby assisted on your goal yeah how is, many uh, no, how yeah, many yeah. Sidney crosby goal how many goals have you scored that he's assisted on do you know this answer oh the, the, that's a good question how many assists that i have with my hands held over my head at my own blue line that he scored that's another question all to itself like i remember like just outlet pass on the wall like d to d to me touch pass to him beep beep up the middle and he would split a couple guys or make like some insane plays, especially his first few years there. And I mean, I was didn't even cross center the red line and I had my hands in the air. I wasn't like nowhere near the play getting an assist, but I call that outdoor goal, Wally. If people go look at it, the, I was like a, like a seagull at the trash can, you know, you just kind of follow up like someone's <laughs> eating a sandwich and a tomato falls out and I'm there to eat it. So that's all I did on that goal. He kind of like went through everything drove around took it right through the net like he does he's strong and and puck skills so took it right through and then i just cleaned up a garbage just like a seagull at the they dump. all count they all count yeah uh 
Uh, Sidney Crosby assisted on 18 of your 37 Pittsburgh Penguin goals. Oh, yeah, did he? That's pretty yeah, good. Like 35% yeah. or something. You. I thought it would be more than that. Uh... <laughs> you set up. It would actually up, be more. And you, you set up what? 13. Speaking of that outdoor game, which is really cool, because they'll, they'll show it in the history of the game a little bit and like, you know, NHL Network TV and all this stuff. It'll sometimes replay old classics but like i'm on a line like i have an 11 year old son eight year old daughter six year old daughter four year old daughter four kids but my son's really big into hockey now and you know i like he thinks like ovi's cool and he thinks like matthews and marner and like you know sit like we're sit on this thing i don't know but like i he always like wants to watch all these youtube videos and i'm like buddy like what do you you know he's like oh i want to ask some questions to these guys it'd be really cool i'm like dude just ask me like i play in nhl like i'm cool <laughs> And, uh, you know, and then I get to show them those clips, like, dude, look at this, like in that outdoor game, I played on a line with Sid and Gino. Like there was moments where I played online with them. Like, what was I doing there? I don't know. How did I end up there? I have no clue. It was unbelievable. But now I get to try to show my kid and be like, man, you know, Sid and Gino, like I played with those guys. I remember one time he like the other day, he's like, dad, cause I interviewed, you know, Ovechkin and, and Crosby and he kind of clued. He's like, dad, did you play against Ovechkin? I'm like, yes, after I've been, like, telling him, like, stories. And he's like, no way. Like, he, he can't comprehend, like, what the hell is going on. So, um, yeah, that's been that's been a lot of fun to look back on those times and some of the great players, and I'm sure Matthew did too, some of the great players you played with or, you know, playing world championships. I got to hang out with Marty St. Louis, uh, you know, like one of the great teammates, great players of our game. And, you know, you get to tell stories about, like, hanging out with these guys and what you saw in these guys. So, yeah, that's a cool thing that you're left with. You uh, you played with lots of great players. I'm going to get to the World Championships just a second. Just a reminder that the Colby Armstrong chat brought to you by Whitewater Beer. Go to shopwhitewater.ca, get 15% off your order, uh, get free home delivery. Uh, Whitewater, uh, always a great beer. Farmer's Daughter, I can tell you, is a great one to crack open and have alongside any time of the day. Uh, Meth will attest to that as well. Um, so... <laughs> One of the things, uh, as you just brought up the world championships in 07, which was all part of that, that great year you had, you ended up scoring the gold medal winning goal. Uh, right. So, uh, do you want to take me through how you are also a world champion? Well, more importantly, yeah, yeah, wait, that was is, is the puck army, is the puck behind you by any chance? No, I don't have that puck. I don't know where it is. Uh, I never got the puck. I was, uh, I don't know. I got I got random pucks back here. I got there's Stevie Y though. Can you see that? That's yeah, me. And, I can see it. That's me and Stevie Y with the World Championship. That was in uh, yeah Russia. That was awesome. awesome picture. I got him to sign it a little while later, which was really cool. Ran into him. Um, Stevie Y like that's like that's a good looking dude right there, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it is. God. He just he's yeah, got he's it all together. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like full uh, Stevie Y, but. Yeah, like that was my first time going to Worlds. I was actually, uh, it was the year, yeah, we got beat out by Ottawa. I was at a, we were all at a Pirates game here in town, like drinking beer and like season's over, having fun, like sitting on the first baseline, chilling with all the boys and my phone rings and my old flip phone, like, yo, it's like, hey, it's, it's I'm, done. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, like, yeah, right. He asked if I wanted to go. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. Like, this is amazing. Holy God, Steve Eiserman called me and uh i said when do i gotta go he's like tomorrow so i like it was like holy crap i got like one of those giant beers i put it down i'm like i got panicking i gotta pack to go to <laughs> i gotta go moscow <laughs> how am i gonna get to moscow russia like this is nuts i'm from saskatoon like this doesn't yeah. like how, how is this happening so 
that was probably my parent, like my, especially my mom's like proudest moment is representing me wearing a team Canada Jersey. I'd never done that. So never played world juniors or anything. So it was like a really, really awesome moment and awesome moment to be asked by Steve Eiserman to attend, but yeah, I go to Moscow and finals were playing Finland Wally and, uh, I got out there with both Stahl brothers on a shift. I was kind of like a fourth line guy on this team. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say it was like maybe the best team Canada's ever assembled, but like we, we had like, you know, guys that fit properly in, in our, in our group. And, you know, while he is, or meth is, you know, like fitting in those groups, it's like, you have like three weeks to like, go here, go boys, go win a tournament. So we were lucky. We just had a good all around group and we added some good guys, um, you know, as guys lost out of the playoffs, we added a few guys in those spots and um, mm-hmm. ended up out there on a, on a shift, random shift and just stepped across the line. Kari Lettman was a goalie and just let a slapper through a D-man go. Little scream about a foot off the ice, like right under his glove, over his pad type of thing. And it was like that made it 3-1 at the time, um, which was awesome because they came and scored to make it 3-2. And then this is a story that I, you know, I told Rick Nash this as well. And if you remember the great Rick Nash goal that he scored against Finland that game, like waning seconds, we're up three, two. Uh, he comes down the ice, like two guys on his back, like does like the splits, tucks it around the goalie with like yeah. a minute. It's like, it's like an unbelievable goal. And, and, and like over, like stole my thunder of my game winning goal. <laughs> it was the only goal I scored in the tournament. And uh, yeah, it held up anyways to be the game winner. But Rick Nash stole my thunder with this, one of this all time great Team Canada goals. You, you talk right. about the chemistry that, that it takes in that tournament because it's a crash course, right? You're playing with a yeah. bunch of dudes you don't really know for the most part. Did you guys have a week somewhere prior to going into Moscow to like kind of get together and have beers and have a few nights out? Or was it just like thrown into the fire right in Russia? Yeah, no, they added, um, they had like, you know, they have the pre-tournament thing. So we lost Ottawa on yeah. the first round. So I kind of just joined like right oh, when the tournament late. started. I remember, I remember having like a panic. I was like, you know, like you have one day off, two days off, might as well be a month off. You feel awful when 100%. you come back. So I was like, I was like super anxious about getting to Russia one flying, getting there. I don't know anyone. I was, I was kind of new to the league too, early stages. So I was like, I was a rat, like an antagonizer. And like, I, I, well, who is, kinda, who is your roommate? Who is your roommate? Um, Matt Lombardi was my roommate there. And I remember he was sleeping and I had like, I couldn't switch over. And I remember like, you know, the beds over there are like this. Oh, big, dude. Like They're slivers. so close together. I know you gotta like <laughs> spread them apart. I know. And you like hold hands while you're sleeping. <laughs> and it's like, uh, but I remember he was trying to sleep and I'm like pacing and I'm like freaking out. I got to practice my first practice. So I was like nervous. I didn't know if I was ready. I couldn't adjust to the sleep time for my first practice. And all I could kept telling myself was on the phone when I asked Steve Eiserman, I'm like, dude, Steve, I've been off for like, you know, three days now. Like I'm going to be awful. And he's like, no, Arnie, don't worry about it. It's like riding a bike. I remember he said that to me. And I just kept telling Steve Eiserman said it's like riding a bike. It's like, it's going to be easy. No worries. So yeah. At, right. When I checked in the hotel though, I was like by myself with my bags in this crazy massive hotel, hotel cosmos. It was called, it was nuts. Okay. Like every team was staying there. And I walk in the front desk. I'm in Russia too, like Moscow. Like no one speaks English. It's not like you're in Sweden. Like everyone can kind of speak English and get by. It's like Russia. And uh, uh, first guy I see a turn around. I'm checking in. I turn around. Shane Doan, our team captain, is there, and he's like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" Like, grabs my bag like a big farmer, like 
grabs all my stuff. <laughs> I, I didn't even know him. I never met him before. And he just like helped me up to my room, took me right up. So that, that was awesome. my uh, introduction right away. What a great guy. He, he is really good. Uh, in own, So you went back two years later in 09. You're in yeah. Zurich. That's the year I yeah. meet you at the world championships. Yeah. Um, we do an over the board, by the way, what happened in this tournament? Cause you guys dominate, you've got Heatley, you got Spezza, yeah. uh, you roll into the final and then you meet Russia and you can't buy a goal. Basically you lose two one, I think, but you have yeah. the shots were at least two to one in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we were all over them. Who was it? Brzezgalov. I think we just couldn't yeah. beat them. Um, like lights out. Like I remember guys like crazy chances, uh, like we dominated them and then they got like a, a pinch two on one came down, scored, and then a puck over the glass a penalty. I believe it was that they ended up scoring on the power play too. We got, I think we got one. Yeah. It was two, one. It was a close game and they went bananas like Radulov, like twirling his stick everywhere. Like just, <laughs> and like, that was like infuriating to me. I was losing my mind. And that was when Radulov like left Nashville, kind of like they kicked him off or I don't know what happened. Yeah. And there was rumors he was going to come back. And I was like, this guy, like, you know, like leaves his, leaves the NHL team, like, you know, in the playoffs is like, let's Nashville down. And then they're talking about bringing him back. And now he's twirling his stick in front of us for Canada. Like that's, that was my first like big final Canada, Russia ever. So it's just like ingrained in you to have that rivalry. So that was like, that was like devastating a feeling. So, you know, I think of these world junior kids, if you see them having one of those moments, it's like, um, you know, I think world juniors is a little bit more focal point than what world championships is for sure. Uh, you know, to, to the country, but to be wearing that Jersey and lose to Russia for a gold medal is just like crushing feeling. So it's like built in the, to, to feel that way. But yeah, Wally, we couldn't buy one, man. I just remember seeing you every morning at practice, like in the parking lot, like getting ready to do like a stand up. We'd all walk by, like say hi to you and stuff. <laughs> So, well, it's funny you say that because one, I this one, I'll never forget this as long as I live. We're you and I are doing an over the boards pre during warm up and interview, and I finish off my two mundane, boring questions, and then I said, uh, "Thanks very much, Colby," and you go, <laughs> "Thanks, Wally," and then you skate back and you go, "Do you like that?" I called uh, you. Yeah. It was the first time anybody's ever called me Wally on national television, so I, I'll always remember that about you. I remember you uh, talking about that. You saying that was the first time. Yeah. Wally. Yeah. yeah. Now I stick with it. I don't know. It's like one of those things, Matt, when you get a guy a nickname in the room and he doesn't like it, it's now it's Nick. Now it's like guaranteed. Oh, guaranteed. Nickname, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time you can't avoid uh, it. I, I quite enjoyed it. I, anyway, that's why I knew you'd always be fun. Cause you always had that great sense of humor. So are you always looked upon to keep things light at any party? Like when you're out with these yeah. in-laws, do you try to keep those parties light too at Christmas? <laughs> i can tell you this and this is just my personality but it's like i think i just get like energized around a group like i'm not a morning guy at all but like if you get me on a bus to catch a plane at like 8 a.m with the boys i can't keep it down i can't like i've had guys tell me shut up several times <laughs> uh it's just like how i am when i get in the group i, I can't tone it down so uh, as much as I hate the chipper guy with the coffee with like the paper under his elbow like hey boys, yeah. morning, morning. Like, shut up but if you get me, like, I'm like, I, I, I go from like that to like, let's go. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just how I am. I think just personality. I, now I, I don't have it as much. I miss my few hours a day with the fellows and 
uh, being that way and having laughs. I, I, I love it. I love laughing with the guys. That's like my favorite thing. And, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just my personality. I don't know if it was like my job or just so much as just my personality that I did that. And I, I don't, I, 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 I say this, I don't think it was a hit every single day. <laughs> I think I was annoying a lot of the times, but, uh, yeah, it's just how I am. Did there, you ever there are, get, there are players around the NHL who make a living just being glue guys. Yeah. Like it's, it's wild. And, and so if you're a good dude in the room that gets around yeah. so fast, people talk and they'll say, yeah, bring him in. He's a good guy to have in the room, good leadership, whatever they say. And it works to your advantage. So good on you. Yeah. You know what, when I was in, uh, I interviewed Gallagher and he brought up the story, but, uh, I was in Montreal my last year there and I hurt my knee at the end of the year and I was like out of the lineup. I wasn't like, I had like an MCL sprain. So I needed like two weeks. I needed to get like a knee brace and like just to stabilize whatever. And we're kind of heading the playoffs and we kind of went on a little bit of a skid. And I guess like some of the guys went to like Terry and our coach at the time was like, Hey, uh, we need army in the room. Like you need, we need them. Like, so <laughs> they like got me off of like, I like, got off like the injured list to dress for warmups, like public up in my mouth, like just in the room. Like, here we go, bud. Here we go, bud. Let's go. And then get out there warmups and then come off and get undressed just to get the boys going. We started winning. We started winning again. So like, where to go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go. I want to go to the Montreal playoff series, but first when you were in Montreal playing, now that you joined, was there ever a time where you thought I shouldn't join the media based on my experience through Montreal? Because it is a whole different world being a player in Montreal and getting interviewed. Yeah, I remember sitting in the dressing room. I sat next to David DeHarnay. Uh, he might have been our only like French um, Canadian on our team at the time, if I can remember correctly. And um, I remember one day like he came in and I was like, yeah, let's go. Trying to, you know, get it going. And we had a good team that year. Like we had a good regular season in that shortened season. So it was like fun, but like, you know, I, I, I look over at Dave and he's like, he, you know, he's all down. I'm like, buddy, like what's going on? Like what's wrong? And he's like, they're killing me army. They're killing me with this. Project. And I'm like, what do you mean they're killing you? Like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, and the media, they're killing me. I'm like, Oh, I didn't see anything. He's like the French media. So he had like, he had like a whole nother like world that he yeah. had to like, you know, 100% get through and it was like a whole nother thing piled on his plate and he was the lone you know french canadian on our team so you know a lot of expectations i think he just got a new contract too a, a extension for him uh and you know the pressure was on for him that none of us related to because we were kind of separated from you know the french speaking media a little bit because we just didn't read it or didn't didn't understand it. So yeah, there's, there's a, there's a certain pressure there. I think Toronto and Montreal, there's a certain pressure to playing there. And I think back on it now, like guys like Sundin or like Tucker, like, you know, Wendell, like some of these guys that succeeded in those markets, um, you know, had to like how they handled it and how they they got the personalities or types of players that could handle it and succeed is, is um, you know, I think that's the, the recipe that I think those organizations look for, and hope that they can get from a lot of guys and coming into that. It's oh, one, I think, like, and I've got the one theory is I feel like if you're a skilled player, like if you're counted on to score those goals, to be that point guy, I feel like that's gotta be a nightmare for a lot of players in those markets. Like, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're on a bit of a slump for two weeks and it's like the sky is falling in that city. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you were like a stay at home D man, like myself, 
I just had to play quiet, strong games and yeah. I can fly under the radar a little bit. Right. But like those, those top line guys, I can, I can only imagine the stress that that would be like, you were there. Was it, was, was that the case at all for any of those boys? Yeah. Like I met like, especially Beharnay, like he was first line with uh, Eric Cole and Pacioretty just signed a big yeah, extension. A, I don't think, I don't line. know his draft status. I don't even know if he was drafted. And like, I think he was just kind of like came out of nowhere as this like talented player. And, you know, you pile all that on top of it with this big money extension for him and like the pressure that comes with being on that top line. Um, you know, I think, I think all those guys have to face that. I remember playing Old Chuck in Atlanta and I was like, dude, like, what if you go like, you know, four games without a goal? Like, what are you thinking? Cause like four games for Kobe was like, you know, 10 games for me. Like it's like, they're more, <laughs> more, like yeah. more, you know, like it's like you start yeah. putting pressure on yourself. You start going, Oh no. And he's like, buddy, like, don't, like, I don't even worry about it. I'm like, really? He's like, <laughs> he's like, I could get a hat trick next game. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, like, like that must be nice. <laughs> imagine having, imagine having that much confidence in yourself, right? Like at the NHL level, it's crazy. Oh, like, like, and it's true. Imagine. Like he could go yeah. four games on a goal. He could get four of the ne next game. So it's like yeah. not even a thing that you stress about really. You're like, okay, I got to produce, but it's not on the level that like, you know, a mid range guy that's gone five games without a point, never mind True. a goal, a point that True. you're like, Oh shit, I got a producer else. I'm going to get like maybe bumped to the fourth or I might be in the box and they bring someone else down and I'm eating popcorn up in the press box. So yep. yeah, it's wild. The mentality. And it makes you think about the same thing. I talked to my 11 year old son about with like, dude, just have confidence, like play with confidence, have fun. But like at the NHL level, when everyone's like good confidence is like, like the secret sauce, man, like it's crazy to think, but like, if you have a confident meth, he's going to just, the game's going to be so easy to you. Right. Like it's just, remember those nights when it was so easy. Oh, oh man. It's, 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 that, that's, that's why I think like, I see Obi with a head of gray hair and I'm like, dude, how do you not have like perfect loaf, like colored, like he probably <laughs> doesn't miss a wink of sleep. It's probably the no. happiest scored scoring all those that's goals. That's the difference I find. Like you look at, you ever look at the skilled guys, like the high end players and those mid range, like pluggers, hard workers, the high yeah. end guys hardly ever stressed anything. Like I play with Mike Hoffman, for example, a little different. <laughs> yeah. He's not like elite by any means, but he's a he's sniper, a right? Like just walked around, like nothing was bothering him in his life. You know, like he'd stroll in for a meeting last yeah. second, no big deal. Sit right down. Like nothing went wrong or, you know, it's just, it's a mindset and you can't yeah. really teach it. You either have it or you don't. No, that's so hey, boy, true. Take me through, uh, since each both of you are here and played in that 2013 playoff series with Montreal, one of the wildest hmm. series I can ever remember covering. And it felt like it was over. It was over in seven days, five games, seven days. And yeah. we couldn't get enough of this series because it's Brandon Prust. It's Lars or Lars Eller. It's Raphael Diaz got hit by Griba. Uh, Paul McLean is into it. Like Colby, can you explain the Montreal side of this series? Yeah, what was it? Play what he said. I forget what number. Player 61. Player yeah. 61. Player 61. Yeah. And then Prusty. What do you call him? A fat bug-eyed walrus. Man, yeah, that was like, funny. To we the were all laughing. On like TV. Like that was yeah. crazy. Then, yeah, it got crazy. That was a massive hit on 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 uh Eller. Lars. It was on Eller. And, and Diaz made yeah. the breakout pass. That's yeah, and uh, I know yeah. Grybe. I work out with him in Saskatoon for a bunch of years. Yeah. Good farm boy from back yeah, home. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, good dude. <laughs> so 
it was uh it, that was a whole interesting thing and then the last game of the series i think it was the last game i got no it was the second last game i got in a fight with cassian who like <laughs> yep. uh, luckily i didn't fight him really it was like i i somehow avoided getting absolutely killed i see him in red deer at the memorial cup i'm covering it like a year few years ago and he's like yelling up at me at the thing and i was like was he I looked, yeah and i looked down he's like remember that man remember when i almost choked you out i was like oh yeah here we go i have a great picture i should go get it i think i don't know where it's down in my basement somewhere but it's someone sent it to me i don't know who but it's me standing there with like the linesman holding me and cassian's like going like this to the crowd and there's like fights all over the place it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was crazy so yeah yeah that series was something else we had from our perspective, a lot of high hopes going into the series. We'd finished. I honestly thought we were going to win the Stanley cup. We had a really good team and it was just that short sprint of a season. PK won the Norris trophy. Um, Carrie price. Unbelievable. And I think Carrie got hurt. Gianta got hurt. Pruss got hurt. uh, Pacioretty got hurt. So we lost like some significant, um, you know, members of our team and, and really important positions. And obviously Lars Eller got, got hurt. Um, and then it just was like a runaway, like that team though, that Ottawa team was like a playoff team. Like they, they came at us, they were physical, they were hard to play against. They were fast. Like Zabinijad, like look at him, the way he's playing now. Like I, crazy. I look at him and I'm like, he could win the rocket. Like he might, like, you never know. He's playing with Panarin, but he's like that big, strong and talented. And he was that back then as well. Like although much younger. Wasn't he, he was good? Bigger. Like you could, he was bigger back then. He's actually lost weight. <laughs> yeah, like he was such yeah. a force as a young guy, like a powerhouse, like force with skill yeah. and strength and size. And he was young. And uh, yeah, that series went downhill fast for us. I remember we were just like a friggin' like NASCAR, like in the in the in the shop trying to patch guys together. And I think Gianto tore his bicep, so he was he like we had a lot of guys in rough shape uh, in short order through that series, and it um, yeah. And came up against a real strong, deep, hardworking, physical team as well on top of it. So it was like a recipe for disaster for us. And we ended – that was disappointing because I thought we had a real good team that year. Can you – like, was there a lot of adrenaline? Because we can feed – like, you can sense yeah. it in the media how much was going on. But I don't know how insulated you can stay from it because you're being asked about it every day. But just and, and the comments that were coming out of each room were fascinating <laughs> yeah. to me. I – could you guys, were you all in, in this series? Like, could you sense the adrenaline? Yeah, I could sense it in two markets that the, like the fan bases were big. It was like awesome. Like Canada, you know, two teams going head to head. It was, I grew up a Habs fan as a kid in Saskatoon, which is kind of weird, I guess. But like, uh, so to play a playoff game and come out of the runway in a Montreal uniform was like amazing feeling for the atmosphere at the bell center, like pretty untouchable in the league for the most part. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, so it was like, it just made for like, uh, it just made for like fireworks really like just, you know, your, your math, your team was like mix of good veteran guys, but like a lot of really good talented, like depth or like promising young guys as well. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a firework series on and off the ice from, you know, uh, you guys win in the series and, and, slaying the uh you know the the bigger team in the standings to injuries fights chirping in the media like it had it had like almost everything yeah what but like it's entertainment right like people look look back on all that and i loved everything about it i loved the chirps i loved what Presty said i mean i didn't care at the time 
that he's chirping our coach. Like it's entertainment, right? Like yeah. people forget there's no code. Like there shouldn't be a code when it comes to that stuff. We need as much entertainment and, and storylines as humanly possible. And we had so many in that series and you nailed it. Two close markets side by side, just a train ride to get to Montreal for us. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize how banged up you guys were that this is like, it's we're years beyond past that now. And I didn't yeah. realize all those guys were hurt. So that kind of makes a little more sense now as to why we were able to kind of have our way in a short period of time. And you guys didn't take your foot off the gas on it either. So probably better that you yeah. didn't know. We should have planted those injuries in your dressing room. So you guys didn't know them. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's like a mind game, right? It's like, oh, they're yeah. banged up. You know, maybe you take your foot off the gas. Unfortunately, you guys didn't stepped on it on us. Yeah. You got you had two games where you lost six to one, like I, in a playoffs. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming like it just wasn't a whole That's lot just of fun. But that explains it. When, when, when Army's talking about injuries, that there's your answer, right? And then meanwhile, yeah. we're, we were completely healthy, like from top yeah. to bottom, everybody, including our goaltending. So it, it just checked out. But then we get rinsed by Pittsburgh in the next round. So I you know, <laughs> don't know that we really belong there. That was your prize for beating us. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Coming up in hour two, we'll talk about games three, four, and five. Um, I'm just kidding. We've, I, I'm trying to get through all this stuff. Um, how many TV commercials have you done in your career? Not many. Not many. I, I did just one, one car. Yeah, I did a bad car commercial <laughs> when I was in Pittsburgh years ago. And it's I guess. so car- good. <laughs> you had to bring it up, Wally. You had to bring it up. It got just for it. Jay Leno spoofs it on the Tonight Show. Yeah. This is how good this commercial is. Yeah, I was, it was, that's how bad it was that he did that. <laughs> I was uh, a friend of ours who was part of that car dealership and guys were getting cars from him as probably happens in most markets. They have the car guy and their buddy. Yep. So um, yeah, yeah. He wanted to do this car commercial. I've, I've never done it. YouTube wasn't even like a thing at the time and, and somehow it became a thing and it put it on YouTube and it like got like all these views right away, which at the time no one knew what that meant and, I don't know. We know more now, but uh, it ended up on, yeah, Jay Leno. I'll never forget. I was going to bed night before a game and um, my, it was my wife, my girlfriend at the time, her family was in, they were downstairs watching TV. I was in bed. She came upstairs, like banged open the door. I'm like trying to sleep. She told me we were on Jay Leno for like worst car commercial ever. And I like (laughs) felt, I felt like hives, like, like I felt like my skin was burning. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is not good. This is not good. Like, and show up to the rink the next day. And of course it was not good. Like we were getting like destroyed by the fellas, but uh, yeah, me, Talbot, um, Malkin Gonchar. and Gonchar, like pretty good, yeah. pretty good crew yeah. in that commercial. Unreal it, was crew. <laughs> it was all time bad. Like my jeans were like, were like a, affliction jeans or something like i was like yeah, yeah. the baggiest jeans <laughs> like my gear was so bad it's hilarious what's the I, I forget what is the line that talbot has even for a star like me or there's something superstar like yeah yeah it's like a superstar line and then he does like the what's that movie called the uh mclovin thing um super bad or he's like fake id he does like that stupid thing and like uh, I don't know. It took off. People loved it. It was so bad. It's, it was, it was good. You know, I do love it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really good. Um, I, before we go, there's been I, too bad. I, we're not doing a live show. I can show you all the Halloween pictures from the Sens, but I'll skip over that too. Uh, and Matthew, you can weigh in here. Halloween parties They're for an NHL team. They seem to be taking on a life of their own. Uh, do either one of you remember good costumes that you wore to Halloween parties? 
I sucked. I had a, like, I was like Fred Flintstone and my wife was like <laughs> Wilma, like, you know, out of the bag from the store, you just rip it open. But Matt, and you can sit, you can talk about this. Some guys like get like professional makeup artists now and stuff and like yeah. do it up. And it looks, it looks like unbelievable. So, you know, most guys mail it in, but the guys that like really step it up, they, they put together something unbelievable. Like some of the pictures you see now with the post, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I, I always mailed, I mailed it hard too. I, the idea of wearing freaking makeup, like, and then having to yeah. take it off at the end of the night, it, it just, but I will say this kind of beyond the topic was you always have to have a Halloween party. It's like one of the best ways. Cause it's right at yeah. the start of the season, best ways to build some chemistry with the team. And it always seemed like the years where we didn't have one, it, they were rare. We would just shit the bed until Christmas. But, if you had, <laughs> but if you had your Halloween party, you're guaranteed going to have a pretty good, pretty good season at least. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a like, thing, uh, you know. It's like I'm. I should text Flurry with the Chicago Blackhawks and like, buddy, you guys need a uh, <laughs> team party. You guys, they need, need to get something. away for a week. You guys, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, you guys man. need a trip to Vegas or something. I don't know what's going to crack that egg in Chicago right now, but it's like bad. But yeah. uh, you're right. Those are those are those are needed times and. You know, speaking of Halloween, now the cool thing is working on like TV or something like the set designs or like the different things. So, Matthew, you're talking about your set and Wally, you know, veteran guy. Like, are you guys going to be decorating? Are we going to see, you know, pumpkins behind instead of your bobbleheads, Matt? Like, yeah, what I are we so. doing here? We'll have like a little no. Halloween special. Hey, no. Wally? No, there's no okay. budget for this. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. You guys got to get sponsored by the local Halloween shop. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, like Party oh, but, City or something. We'll do, we'll yeah. do a little digging. Uh, I do know that Colby Armstrong did wear on national television. I know. <laughs> a dress and a wig. This Game of Thrones, if I'm not mistaken. It was not so, really. So, was it, okay, wait, yeah, it was a dress. Before you start, I want. I So I texted Colby and said, hey, we're going to do. Uh, some Halloween stuff. Can you send me any pictures you might have? He's like, I got nothing. So then I quickly went <laughs> to the internet and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. You lied. Yeah. So I forgot you're dressed that. up with Nick Kiprios in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So that took a lot of prodding by them. And I, I, I'm like, good fun. Like, I'll go with it, whatever. But like, I don't watch Game of Thrones either, which that might be a crime in itself, apparently, <laughs> with some people. But it is. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So they were like, I'm going to be this. And Darren, uh, Darren Millard's like, I'm going to be this. And you have to be this. Like I was like set up to be like this. Uh, what, what was her name again? Uh, D'Artagnan or something. Which I've never one? watched like, an episode. One, one was, of the, one of the women. I was the dragon. Yeah. I was the queen of the dragons. Oh uh, uh, yeah. The, the, dra the dragon. Oh my God. D'Artagnan or D'Artagnan. No, 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 no. Khaleesi. No. Khaleesi. No, no, that's yeah. Is that one? Is that it? I don't know. Yeah, Khaleesi. The I was like the Khaleesi. Yeah, maybe I was the Khaleesi. I had a blonde wig. Blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Khaleesi. Yeah, I looked amazing. I had a dress <laughs> with like a cummerbund thing and like these things on my arms. It was hilarious, but I did it. I did it on like Hockey Central at noon. Yeah, which was like pretty big show. It was down in the States too, which you forget about. It's on NHL Network. So it's like, on in people's dressing rooms everywhere oh, so it was like it's daenerys no you're cold daenerys, you're right. daenerys, daenerys targaryen <laughs> yeah i'm such an idiot yeah it's she starts off as khaleesi which anyway it doesn't matter okay got it uh, sorry i had to get that Stormborn, out there yeah and I, I yeah so i pulled it off and our costumes were epic of course they've done other costumes on that show for halloween like i think 
Doug McLean and Kipper and Darren were kiss, which was a big, like that was a professional job and it's hilarious. That one was hilarious, but you're right. Wally, you got me. You got me. Wally. Thanks. There is one more I found on the World Wide web. Uh, You are dressed in like workout gear with a, Oh yeah. I'll call it a ghetto blaster, but it's the smallest ghetto blaster I've ever seen on your shoulder. And um, I thought you were dressed as another woman again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like one of those seventies workout video guys. And yeah, I I don't know. I found it. I got all the stuff from like a, you know, like a secondhand store, like just greasy stuff. And I kind of put it together and um, yeah, I was supposed to be like, that was kind of a mail in like last minute thing. I just kind of swept together. That was also in the Mainzies, boys. In the Miners Halloween party, when you just get absolutely in one, you just yeah, get it going. You, well, you have a whole you have a whole week to recover yeah. to, until the next. You yeah, need I know. It I can, usually. I spent hey, three years down there. I know all about it. Believe me. Yeah, that was a mail-in, Wally. That was a mail-in costume. That was not a professional job. That was just—I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> well, you know that's your it's fault. Picture, you could have sent me. You could have sent me better photos, and I wouldn't have brought that up. That's how this. That's, that's how all this I have. Played baby. Out. That might be all I have. Uh, finally, before we let you go, I know we're keeping you long. Is uh, advice for meth on camera now? Yeah. Since you are a professional, you're a veteran. Wow. You run the ship over there at Sportsnet. Usually, uh, can you tell me what you should? tell to meth to make him a superstar well yeah i uh yeah thanks for the kind words buddy i don't know what the hell i'm doing i say that about myself all the time i have no clue like literally 10 seconds before we go on air and i work with carolyn cameron a lot the last few years and i'd be like they're like we're up in 10 and i'm like carolyn what the hell are we doing meanwhile it's just like my brain like messing with me i'm like crazy a little bit so like uh, my, I guess, manage your thoughts. I think, you know, you have like, I used yeah. to write everything down Wally. I don't know if like, you know, probably, I don't know. Like I used to write like everything. So I feel like it would stick in my brain better. I'd write like a whole paragraph of stuff. I do and the then same I'd, thing. Like, and I'd be like, Oh thing. my God, I said like one of those things, like I sucked. But like, if you manage, learn how to manage your thoughts better. So you get to the three main things that you want to get to instead of eight jumbling up your brain. And then like, yeah, yeah being, I think the key is, is like finding your, like yourself on tv you know it's like it's different because it's awkward um you know than normal life sitting in a bar talking hockey with your buddies but uh finding finding that that special spot and 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 being you so good luck man that's my advice it's my advice i think you're well on your way you do it if you could just change your face too that might help (laughs) there's there's just something about your face that i can't really stand but other than that you're doing a bang-up job oh yeah and you opt opt for the fake nose look like i this is a this is a fake nose i wear just for credibility it's like a hockey thing it's not my real nose i get out of here i had i had mine fixed i had well it's not really that fixed but i had it fixed in january and it took it was like the recovery was pretty good it's pretty pretty quick oh i'm scared that's why i don't do it tell meth he had plastic surgery because he'll go sideways it's not plastic surgery (laughs) it wasn't plastic surgery why do you keep saying that exactly that's man it's like jenny jones man from geek to chic you know (laughs) remember that old episode (laughs) i haven't haven't heard a jenny jones reference in years me neither this is a new one all right (laughs) anyway uh army it's been so good i appreciate you stopping by um again we i the only reason i wanted you on was to hopefully you'll talk to sid for us have him on the show (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah well 
Thanks for having me on. It was nice to finally connect. I know we talked a few times before. Matt, yep. great to see uh, what you guys are doing and how you guys have teamed up to do this. I see you guys do some charity stuff as well on social media, golf tournaments, raising money, all sorts of stuff uh, in the Ottawa area. So congrats on everything and good luck. And uh, sponsorships should be pouring into this podcast. <laughs> Can you give your guy at the car dealer uh, maybe ask <laughs> if he wants to help out? <laughs> All right, you guys will be driving uh, BMWs in no time. That's right. <laughs> right on. Uh, take care. I'm Dog. We'll talk soon, my friend. All right. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to the Wally Mathot Show, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Get in on the action today. Speaking of action, Math, one of the things that Sense fans are kind of still steaming about that was Tim Stutzla's embellishment penalty. Now, there's obviously there was the play in the first period where perhaps he should have been called. Then there's the play in the third late where maybe he shouldn't have been, but that's the penalty. What do you make hmm. of this? Uh, well, it was it was a bush league call in the third period. There's 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 absolutely no way to dance around that. I don't think that it was a penalty. I, I don't think it was a diving call in that third. Um, that obviously has created a, a, a shit storm here in Ottawa as far as the officiating goes, but. I made a comment um, being a little bit critical of, of, of Stutzla's play earlier on in the game, obviously yeah. unrelated to his actual gameplay, but more towards the theatrics, right? Like I, I thought he dove on that first New York power play that they got, or excuse me, the first New York penalty that they got. Yeah. Um, people didn't really like that, but it's the truth. Uh, you know, if I'm going to give you my objective viewpoint of the game, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to be biased. And I thought that, and it wasn't just that one play, Wally. There were several times where, where, where Tim was sort of kind of maybe a little selling it a little too much. And yeah. I got to tell you, and we all know this from experience, when you play that way consistently and you're starting to, you're trying to sell calls, eventually you get put on a list and they look for it and they're going to call it every time they see it. Do I agree that the ref should have made up a call in the third period? No, but it happened. And there was a reason for it. And that was the reason because he had been diving around a little bit earlier on in the game and it came back and bit him in the butt. Okay. I, so let me just say this about that. As soon as I saw that call in the third, I said, he's going to get a diving call. I can, 100%. Because when, yep. when you lay on the ice and just slide around, that's what they don't want to see. They it's just embellishing. want you to get back up. Just exactly. Get up. Yes. And that's the problem. So it's I, not, you know what? It, yeah, I don't think it's a makeup I, call. I actually think it was a diving call on that play as well. Right. Well, and that, there you go. So that, that just reinforces my point, right? Like I think, and so that's good. At least for once, Wally, you and I are on the same page. This is lovely. <laughs> I just like, I get, I know there's a stick between the legs. I get it. And that he gets, tripped. Yeah, I, sure. I, I have no issues with all but that. But it, it's, it's the extra. He slides from the one blue line to the other blue line kind of thing. Just get yeah. up in that way. That's so, the problem. And, and, and so we'll, we'll leave it at that. And, and that, and yeah. I'll, I'll, my closing thought with regards to the Stutzla drama is this is just a good learning experience, a uh, little learning curve for him, right? He gets an opportunity sure. now to learn, and it's not in some big high-stakes Stanley Cup final game. It's it's beginning of the season. It's not a big deal. And DJ DJ made some comments today that I really liked, and, and one of them was more or less that this is a learning experience that I'm grateful to happen to a younger team, and this isn't a team on a Stanley Cup run right now. So I think, you know, people are being highly critical of Nick Paul fighting in the third period, and so and so it's like, do, do those two points really matter right now to this team? Like, are they, 
like, like for me, it's about learning and creating re good reputation for yourself. Nick Paul did that yeah. by fighting. We saw Brady do it all last year. We can't overanalyze small things that are happening right now because technically they're still in a rebuild. So I think we have to take a step back sometimes and understand that there's still part of this learning process that they're going through and we can't be hypersensitive to all this stuff that's going on on the ice. For sure. The other uh, last point I'll make on that is I think Tim Stutzler drew four penalties in that game. So yeah, he's, again, if he's he, sick. Right? So if you stop the little bit of nonsense after, yeah, I mean, you'll be fine, right? And so this is you'll a, learn. We're not we're not shitting on him. Like this, he's yeah. he's a he's an incredible talent. This that's just one small observation that you and I made, and we're yeah. talking about it. It's not it's not like we're trying to be critical of Tim Stutzler. We're, we're huge fans of Tim Stutzler. I just want to get that out there. Uh, next up, Center Divide, brought to you by Bonisher Excavating Inc. Go to BonisherExcavating.com. They're helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Uh, BEI, always a good partner on board. And that is, should Nick Paul remain a man in the middle? Now, so Shane Pinto is out for a couple of weeks. We know Colin White has been out. Uh, Clark Bishop is also out. They went and brought in uh, Dylan Gambell, um, Gambrell sorry, uh, from San Jose. He's going to obviously be a depth guy going down in the fourth line. Yeah. Uh, did you like Nick Paul at center? Uh, is that, would you leave him there? And, and he likes it. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to well, do with it. Yeah. It's, that's a tough one because when I watched him play uh, at the worlds a little bit, we all watched him last season. He's able, he is able to own the middle of the ice. Like he, he's got enough poison his game now, enough confidence that you can be, you can trust him there. And he's, he's, he's a strong man. Like is, we're talking mm. about a big imposing dude who is pretty good on draws. I don't know how he did the other night, but um, I think, DJ's made some really good points addressing this and that he'd rather have that big, strong body on the wing going up and down those walls, owning that left side of the ice. I I'm indifferent. I think right now, and we've said this before about Nick Paul, where he's a bit of a utility guy. You can trust him on your top line. He can play on your third line as a checker. It makes no difference. He's very versatile. So uh, I think right now he's serving his purpose, right? He's, he's able to play in the middle while you're really thin on that team. They bring in Gambrell. I don't know much about Gambrell to be honest with you guys here. So I can't make any assessments there. <laughs> and if he is coming in, I mean, what he's going to be on your, is he a fourth line center? Like I, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. So, so Nick Paul, that's fine. He can play the center right now. I, I think ideally, and it sounds like, like DJ really wants him on that wing. So in a perfect world, when everyone's back and healthy, we'll probably see him back over there on the wing. Speaking of healthy, let's call this on the mat brought to you by a gong show. Go to gongshowgear.ca for all your latest uh, hockey fashion. And that is Matt Murray, as we oh saw boy. in the Ranger game, right? Takes the knee to the head from Chris Kreider. Uh, they're calling it perhaps maybe a neck injury that it's not so bad that he's going to go on the trip as they go to Dallas. Uh, <sighs> that's the good news. But this is a guy that if he didn't have bad luck, he would have no luck at all. It seems right at the moment. I, you got to feel for Matt Murray, who is trying to find his game here in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it's gotta be frustrating for his teammates too. Yeah. You know, that's an yeah. uncomfortable, that's an uncomfortable thing that can weigh on you when you're a player that just seems to get hurt all the time. Right. And you're, and, and, and it's not like you're just some depth guy who's kind of fringe in and out of the lineup. Like we're talking about the most important position on your hockey team and it's your goaltender, your starter, no less. And he just seems to be injury prone now. So that's frustrating. I know that if I'm a defenseman and I'm playing and I'm back in Ottawa a couple of years ago and Andy just kept getting hurt over and over and over again, I'd start to get frustrated because, you know, it affects you, you know, it, it can, it can affect your next contract. You know, maybe, maybe you start losing a lot of games. Things aren't going so well. And uh, because that largely in part, because your starter's not there behind you having your back. So 
Um, there are a lot of different variables here at play, obviously. I saw the play. We all saw the play. It looked like Kreider went in completely unintentional. Although I hate giving Kreider the benefit, Wally. We all know his history <laughs> with goaltenders. Yeah. I've experienced yeah. it firsthand where it's like mind-boggling how he managed to slide into Craig Anderson from the blue line, but that's the past. <laughs> that doesn't apply at the moment. But yeah, I don't know what to do or what to say here because I, like I said earlier, when we started off with this Matt Murray topic, I think I'd start getting frustrated if I was a player on the team. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, I guess it's not his fault. I mean, when you get hurt, you get hurt. It is what it is. Um, I just know that this team desperately needs good goaltending. Luckily they have Anton Forsberg waiting behind him who has proven that he can play well. Now playing well as a backup is a lot different from being a starter and getting most of the starts, right? So there's going to be a lot more pressure on him now. So the good news is we heard today, or I think today or yesterday, there was an announcement of Wally that Murray would might be on the road trip next week. Yeah. So yeah. that's good news, I guess. Yep. But I, I, beyond all that, I'll, I'll end it with this. For me, it's pretty simple. I just, I want to see a consistent goalie who's there at least every other game and can give them an opportunity to win. You know, the, he had the flu that first opening night, had a lot of injuries last year. Now he's hurt again. It's like, you know, at what point do you just, you know, I, I don't know how to end that thought because I don't want to yeah, be negative. Yeah. Well, I, don't want, I want to be optimistic. It's just like, come on. It's, I will say that, you know, we've seen both Forsberg and Gustafson play very well in yes. small sample sizes here. The, the question will be when you're the backup, you face the weaker teams typically. And now you're going to end up facing the Rangers yeah. and the Capitals and the Penguins and all that. So we'll see what it's like once you get to be the guy and we'll have that all plays out. So we wish Matt Good Murray a, a quick recovery, obviously to get back in the net. It looked like he was going to be okay. He, I mean, he played pretty well in the couple of games and he's been in the net. Hey, so it was excellent. He can find yeah. it. Right. Yeah. He was so, really good in that New York game for sure. Yeah. And that'll be interesting to see. And so Meth, as you look back here overall, this is a team that's a exciting to watch. Oh. B seems to have lots of fun up front. They just need to, I would say probably find their defensive game a little bit and stop playing Thomas Shabbat 95 minutes a night. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it's funny you mention it because this team is going to look drastically different, at least, well, for sure on the back end, like with, when you get, and when we talk about this all the time, so I won't dwell yeah. on it too long, but like with Sanderson, JBD, and maybe you find a veteran at some point that you could also bring in. Um, I mean, you're going to, you're going to have a good, this, this team as a whole is going to be terrific. I think it just comes down to how they manage it moving forward, right? Like you have all your key drafted developed players in place. Now they're starting to get their foot in the door. They're starting to, uh, excel at the NHL level, which is terrific. But the, the big question will be in two to three years, whatever, whenever the window really opens up for this group, how committed is the team going to be to bringing in some legit big boys to kind of, you know, fill out the rest of the roster with some depth. So, you know, I, I, right now, as it stands, DJ's done a fantastic job. Pierre's done a good job signing who he needs to get signed. Hats off to those guys for that. Uh, I think as a fan base, we just need to sit back and enjoy. You nailed it, Wally. They're just a fun team to watch. Sit back and enjoy it. The pressure will be on big time, you know, come next year and the following season for sure. Last question I have, which fan base would you rather be right now? The Ottawa Senators who are sitting at the bottom of the standings or the Toronto Maple Leaf fan base? Oh, that's it. <laughs> you're, well, you're just fishing for like a funny sound bite here, aren't you? I, listen, there's absolutely no question I'd rather be the Ottawa fan base because Toronto, we're talking about a team that has finished their rebuild and coming off winning, you know, being first in the North last year and then blow, you know, blowing it yeah. big time in that first round pressures on going into the season. And Jason Spezza might be their best forward. 
right now. Yeah. So yeah. like we're talking about an old man, who, by the way, takes excellent care of himself, but still an old man <laughs> on the fourth line playing. I don't know. I can only guess he's playing about 13 minutes a night. I haven't even checked. Not the numbers, enough. But yeah, not enough. So <laughs> like, but imagine, imagine the pressure on those players right now in that market. And, and we know how quickly that media base and fan base can turn on that team when things are going well for even two weeks or so, it's just like Montreal. So I don't envy their position. I don't envy Kyle Dubas's position uh, because he's going to have to deal with a lot of hostility here. If this keeps up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because our next guest on Thursday is going to be Ray Ferraro, who is not ever short of an opinion. Uh, and I'll get him to weigh on how the Toronto Maple Leafs and Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews breakup is going. Uh, it'll be very yeah. good. Plus, be lots of talk about the Ottawa Senators and, of course, the Seattle Kraken, where his wife, Cammy is now working. So lots of stuff with Ray mm. coming up. Uh, quickly, uh, in our last show with Ray's partner, Gord Miller, uh, asked him what his favorite snack was. And, Matt, I know you're surprised. Cheese, he said quickly. So I thought of you and him. Maybe should have a little movie watching night with with your cheese yeah, curds i'll make gordo a little charcuterie board and we'll just <laughs> we'll cuddle on the couch together how's that nice i want you to spell charcuterie <laughs> but anyway uh so our anyway uh chris sinclair is our winner for our trivia for brought to you by bone sauce sauce go to bone sauce uh they've got some great uh sauces out and some new spices and also they've got uh one of their new sauces out called game over uh, which is basically what our show is right now. It's <laughs> over. Uh, so I want to thank you for tuning in uh, for this little bit of a mismatch of our episode because it got turned around technically. Um, as always, the Wally Mathot Show brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally And for Craig and Matt, uh, that is it for today. We will see you Thursday. Uh, thanks for stopping by.